God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that we can rely on it. I thank you that it is a good guide for us in how to live our lives and how to discern situations around us. I thank you that it is true and trustworthy and authoritative, all because of you. And I pray, Father, that you'd speak this word into our hearts in the power of your Holy Spirit and enable me to proclaim your word to your people today, boldly and faithfully, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A dispute also arose among them, this is the disciples, as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as the one who serves. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, the uh, conservative party has inspired me in this sermon series. Uh, they don't often do that, but they, they inspired me. They're looking for a leader. And so I thought, well, let's see what the Bible says about looking for a leader. You know, I, there's so many people that have thrown their hats in to be the new uh, prime minister of the United Kingdom. I thought about it for a moment, uh, but then I realized that uh, I can't vote. I'm not a member of the Conservative Party, nor am I a member of Parliament, so I wasn't even close to being eligible. So I thought, no, okay, I can't do that. And, uh, and since uh, Her Majesty has not rang me up to say, Rod, would you consider, uh, I thought, okay, uh, the second best thing is to start thinking about how do we find a leader? What should we be looking for in a leader, according to the Bible? Uh, if we were part of the conservative party, and I'm not arguing that we should be, uh, I, I am rather neutral when it comes to party, party politics most of the time. Um, if we were part of that, and we were looking for a leader, what kind of leader should we be looking for? Should it be someone who's charismatic, uh, meaning not in the sense of filled with the Holy Spirit, but in the sense of very popular and attractive? Should it be someone with the right amount of knowledge? Uh, should it be somebody uh, who has the right sense of gravitas? You know, what, what, what are you looking for in a leader? And the Bible has a lot to say to us about what we look for in a leader. And the problem is, most of the time, as people in the world today, even Christians, we tend to look for leaders on the wrong bases. We tend to look for, the, for leaders with the wrong set of criteria, and so it's no wonder that we end up getting the leaders that we get because we're not looking for leaders in the right way. Now, we might not be part of the conservative party. We might not have the option of choosing the next prime minister, but all of the time as Christians, we're looking for leaders. It might be in our churches. Uh, City Temple will have a, an elder election coming up in, in July uh, where we'll be looking for leaders. Uh, so it might be you're looking for a leader in your church or a leader for your small group, uh, if you have a small group, or a leader for a community association, uh, or who can you look to for leadership in your workplace, for example. 
because we know that all of our managers and things are not created equally, uh, who are we looking for? What kind of qualities are we looking for in a leader? And so that's what we're going to be doing the next several weeks, about six weeks or so. We're going to be seeing what the Bible says about the kind of leader that we look for. And it uh, seems no better place to start than with Jesus himself. Because actually most of us think that we would like Jesus to be our leader. And if you're a Christian, we're Christians because we say Jesus is our leader. He is our Lord. He is our King. So he is our leader. So what kind of leader was Jesus? And how does Jesus contrast himself with the leaders of the world? And so we get this great passage here. In, in this case, it's uh, occurring uh, around the, the Lord's Supper. And the guys start arguing, you know, who's going to be the greatest? Who, who's going to be the top dog at the end of the day? Kind of like the, the conservative party. And in fact, there are about as many disciples as there are conservative party candidates right now. Uh, so, so it's a very, very similar. You know, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the first? Who's going to be the leader? And Jesus begins by saying something very striking about what happens for those that are outside of God's kingdom. He says, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them. And by kings here, uh, we're not talking just about someone like, like Her Majesty the Queen, but we're talking about people who are in positions of authority. Now, so kings are just illustrative. It can refer, refer to anybody in a position of authority. And he's saying worldly leaders, leaders who are not after God's heart, Leaders who do not have God's character about them. Leaders who are not leading in God's way. I mean, it's all these different ways you could say what Jesus is saying. The first thing is the kings of the Gentiles, the leaders of those that are outside of God's people, lord it over them. In other words, there are some people who are in roles of leadership and they never let you forget it. There are some people in roles of leadership who say, hey, I'm the boss, I'm the one in authority, and you have to listen to me because I'm the boss. I operate actually as, as a boss here at City Temple, I'm head of staff, and historically I have made this my policy, that if ever in sitting with a staff member, uh, they didn't do something that I asked them to do, and I had to tell them, listen, you need to do this because actually I'm the head of staff, I'm the boss that if I ever say that to somebody, that means that they will probably not be with me within a year. Because if you have to do that, if you have to say, hey, I'm the boss, you must follow me, something's wrong. Either the person is following, is not in the right place, or I as a leader am not in the right place. Um, you, you know, we all have had parents probably who say, why should I do that? And they say, because I'm your mother, or I'm your father. You know, that, that's the same kind of spirit behind this. And Jesus said, you know, those Gentiles, one characteristic you don't want to have in a leader is somebody who's always lording it over you, who's always saying, hey, I'm the boss. You have to do what I say simply because I say it. Because I'm above you. I'm over you. I'm better than you are. Any of those kinds of attitudes invalidate a person's ability really to lead. Now you might say, well, there are a lot of people who like that who get results. 
but are these people who get results actually leading? Are the outcomes of their leadership actually beneficial? Oftentimes when I'm doing my leadership seminar, Free to Lead, uh, I'll talk to people and I'll ask them, who is the most effective leader in the 20, 20th century in terms of getting results? That, that was Adolf Hitler. Would anybody argue that Adolf Hitler was a leader that we would like to have in our business or in our church? Or you No, know, nobody would. And yet he got results. He's one of the few politicians that did everything he promised. And if he just stopped at doing everything he promised and not led the country into war and all the devastation that he brought about, maybe history would have judged him differently. I don't know. So leaders of the Gentiles, they lorded over them. And the second characteristic Jesus is saying that you don't really want to have in a leader is that then some of these leaders, some of them consider themselves benefactors. So they take the attitude of, well, hey, I'm above you, but you need me to lead because you don't have what it takes to lead. So let me be your benefactor. Let my leadership bless you. Let my leadership really help you. Let my leadership really lift you up. And the implication there is that you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not, in, in case of churches, and I've seen both of these attitudes among church leaders, by the way, you're not spiritual enough, you don't know God well enough, you don't know politics well enough, you don't know economy well enough, you don't know the world well enough to lead, uh, and if you tried to lead, you'd make a mess of it, so let me be your benefactor, because I'm superior to you, and then I will help the little people get what they deserve. Now, most leaders won't say this, but boy, I tell you, if you listen to leaders, you can hear these attitudes. You can hear what they're saying. You can hear what's coming through. And effectively, Jesus here is saying that one, as Christians, we must not be these kinds of leaders. Uh, if I had a pastor or a ministry leader that took either one of those attitudes, I would leave the ministry or I would leave the church because it's fundamentally dangerous. Uh, and I tell people here, uh, if, if I ever develop one of those attitudes, just come up and smack me upside the head, uh, knock some sense into me. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, talk to Karen and my wife. She'll feel comfortable doing it uh, because that I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. We talk to Olashina, he's church secretary, he'll, he'll gladly do it. Uh, whatever it needs to, to, to get that out of me because it's a sinful attitude and I don't want to have it. And so Jesus says, avoid these two kinds of attitudes. Avoid leaders with this. These are not the leaders that you want. If you're looking for a leader, these are not the qualities you want in the leaders you're looking for. So what are some of the qualities? Well, Jesus here mentions two things about his leadership that are absolutely essential for leaders if we're looking for a leader. Uh, now, these two qualities were not the fullness of Jesus' leadership. They were exemplifying Jesus' leadership. They were qualities of Jesus' leadership, but they were not the totality of Jesus' leadership, if you understand. And the first thing he says, is something that everybody's picked up on. In fact, there's books written by this. 
He says, I am among you as one who serves. Jesus was here to serve. Jesus was here to bless. Anybody who deserves to be a leader serves to be a leader. That's one of the reasons why I love the Queen. I really honor the Queen of England because here is a woman, and you see it all the time, who has dedicated her life to serving the country. She wants what's best for this country. Now, that doesn't mean she's perfect in any way, shape, or form. She's not. But her whole life has exemplified this attitude of servanthood. And leaders who are worth being called leaders are there to serve the people, not rule the people. They're there to serve the people, not be the benefactor of the people. And you can see that even in people in public service. I'm always wary of the person who, from the time that they were a child, says, hey, I wanted to be a politician. I mean, that, that scares me, frankly. Somebody that, that would be like that. And, I, and, I, and I, I say that without knowing the backstory of any of the people who are, are running for uh, this current leadership thing. Uh, but it really worries me. What I really like, what I really look for, are people who have had a successful career who then have set aside that career in order to go into public service. And they have the idea, I'm here to serve the public and I will serve the public as long as they want me to serve, but the minute they don't want me to serve, I'm gonna walk away. You know, there's a certain attitude about servanthood that is a quality that we want to see in our leaders. We wanna know that they're here to help. We want to know that they're here to build something up, not tear something down. Uh, I'm always wary as well of leaders who are highly critical of others and highly critical of other leaders. And, that, and unfortunately, if you look at our politics today, our politics today is filled with people who want to tear one another down. The, the Labor Party wants to tear down the Conservative Party. Conservative wants to tear down Labor. Lib Dems want to tear down both, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, Scottish National Party, I mean, they're, they're like tearing down everybody. I, I, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, but you see that not only here, you see that in the United States. Republicans and Democrats used to work together to get legislation through. Now they want to tear one another down. And you don't realize if you tear one another down, when the other person gets into power, as they certainly will, there'll be nothing to build up because it's all been torn down. That's not the attitude of a, of a servant. The servant is there to serve no matter what, to look for the best no matter what, to seek the best outcomes no matter what. And there's a second quality of Jesus's leadership here that we almost always miss and it's the first part of that sentence. Notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, I am among you as one who serves. I've seen a lot of organizational charts in my life. And most organizational charts, you know what happens. If you're the boss, you're at the top of the chart, right? You know, that, that's your name there at the top. And you get the top of that chart, and it's often a, a pyramid. So you get the top of the pyramid, 
you want to stay at the top of the pyramid, so you do whatever you can to stay at the top of that pyramid because you like being at the top of that chart. Again, this is like lording it over people. I'm, I'm bigger than you, I got more power, I got more prestige, I got more authority. Uh, and that is not biblical leadership. But I've heard over the years a lot of Christians say, well, what we need to do is invert the chart to put you know, the leader down at the bottom of the chart. You know, so you have an inverted pyramid that leads down to the leader. That is not biblical either. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, I have come to be over you as one who serves, nor did Jesus say, I have come to be under you as one who serves. Jesus said, I have come to be among you as one who serves. A true leader is always a leader who is among the people he or she leads. They're not over the people, they're not under the people, but they are one of the people. They are among the people. Jesus himself became one of us. He became fully human through the incarnation so that he could live life among us, but he lived a sinless life so then he could die on the cross for our sins and rise bodily from the dead so that we could have new life. Jesus came as one of us. He could have come as an angel. He could have come as a manifestation of God. Uh, he could have come as a cow. You know, he could have come in any way he, he wanted to, but he came as a human being, as one of us, in our midst, as our leader. And genuine leaders that we're looking for are always leaders who are leaders in our midst. They are in common parlance, you know, a man of the people or a woman of the people, somebody who is among us, someone who is one of us. It's one of the things I love about uh, our parliamentary democracy. In our parliamentary democracy, unlike the United States, we don't elect the president of the United States directly. We don't elect the prime minister. The prime minister is simply a minister of parliament who is the first, i.e. the prime, among equals. When Theresa May stops, when it's all over, she intends to stay as a member of parliament. She returns to her place amongst her equals. And that is what we're looking for in a leader. Somebody who, yeah, they might be the first among equals, but they're still among equals. They are one of us. They are in our midst. We don't want leaders who are far away. We don't want leaders who uh, we never see, we never know. We want people who are in our midst. That doesn't mean we all have the same access to them, but it does mean that they are one of us, that they are with us. So when we're looking for a leader, we're looking for someone who is among us as one who serves. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus is the perfect leader. Jesus is our example of leadership. He showed us what it meant. And he died for us on the cross and he rose from the dead so that we could all become this kind of leader. A leader who serves, a leader who is among the people. And even if you don't think of yourself as a leader, through Jesus living inside of you, you can become a leader, even as Jesus was a leader, by being among people as one who serves. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the leadership of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for such an amazing example 
of leadership. We praise you and we honor you. In spite of your glory, your majesty, you came and became one of us to show us what leadership is all about and make us a way that we could return to the Father. We love you and we praise you. We worship you and adore you. Fill us with your spirit. And we pray for the conservative party, Lord, as they're looking for a leader. May they find a leader after your own heart. Through Jesus Christ, amen.